Good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It still feels like I'm waking up, even though it's late in the afternoon. But hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of Through Autistic Eyes podcast. I am your host, Christopher D. Casson, and I'm a little bit tired of that saying, so I'm just going to skip right ahead towards my current guest for today. He is uh, J.R. Reed. Uh, he is an autism advocate, speaker, writer, uh, quote-unquote food freak, cookbook fanatic, and a Kansas City Barbecue Society judge. I actually yeah. drove through Kansas City a little bit. Uh, but it was near the evening where it was a sunset, so I had, had to pass right through. But anyway, back to him. After spending many years working yeah. in and running restaurant kitchens, he moved to his home kitchen where he worked on perfecting his food creation. So now he's sharing those recipes and stories on his sensory-friendly food blog, My Autistic Kitchen. To JR, food right. is a canvas, and he likes to color outside the lines. And I believe he's also create uh not we're just artistic so thank you again for joining me for tonight yep. oh dude thank you you know what you have been a good friend over the last few years and and any time that you and i can hang out and talk it, it's always a good time always a good time <laughs> yeah excuse me i'm just so I'm just really I, I, I do want to correct one thing food okay. freak that, that, that sounds a little weird so Food well, enthusiast. I, well, you had it written in your bio <laughs> that you gave me, so I'm guessing you are you were okay with that. But yeah, oh well, okay, okay. enthusiastic, enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I'll go ahead and take take credit for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! I'm tired, and I still have the rest of the day to go. It must be this heat, the Utah heat. So anyway, um, talk to us. Talk to us about how you came towards this direction of deciding to be a chef while being on the autistic spectrum. Did you believe you would ever come to this kind of profession as a kid or what led to it? Well, Chris, you got to remember that I was 42 when I was diagnosed with Asperger's, oh, okay. which is now autism spectrum disorder. So there was no diagnosis until I was 30. So I, I had no way of being diagnosed when I was younger. And my first job was doing prep cook and cooking on the line at a, at a deli in California. And I knew I loved it. And, you know, I, I learned a little bit of Spanglish. Um, I, I did learn some of the, the bad words that the, the Latin American cooks would, you know, use to, to belittle me and, and make fun of me. So, so what, but, you know, I, you I, I, I loved there? it. Um, not really. <laughs> I don't want to do it here, but. Oh, okay. Uh, puta, okay. We won't. Yeah. Uh, puta is a very bad word, but I had somebody tell mm -hmm. me, oh, no, no, puta means good boy. <laughs> No, okay. Yeah, yeah. Puta doesn't mean good boy. <laughs> but you know, I mean, mm -hmm. being being a sixteen year old white kid in a a kitchen with some people that had been cooking for a while well, it was a little scary. 
you know, mm-hmm. but I, I learned a lot and I went back for the next two summers to, to cook. And I was just kind of hooked after that. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm just checking to see is, if it's my internet connection. Cause like it was a few times it paused, but you know what, we'll just keep moaning on through this. So, um, and what was your, what did you, and I'm guessing that eventually when you did get the diagnosis with being on the autistic spectrum, was that the point where you really decided to become an autism advocate? Absolutely. I had been, uh, I, I cooked in restaurants and ran restaurant kitchens until I was, was in my mid thirties and I I had a young family and I was working 60, 70 hours a week and it just, it wasn't Mm. worth it. So I walked away from that and I had been freelance writing for a few years on various different subjects. I mean, I covered the NHL, uh, major league soccer, food, Mm. travel, all all kinds of stuff. And I, I focused really on the writing and then when I got diagnosed, I changed the whole focus of the writing to neurodiversity, autism, and mental health. And now I've kind of come to add inclusion into that as well, because I, I want to show people that their view of what an autistic person is, is probably wrong. And that there is absolutely nothing wrong with us. We were created just the way we were supposed to be. And, and we bring mm-hmm. skills and things to the table that other people don't. Hmm. And that's basically the point where the whole, uh, not we are just autistic came in. So what came up, how did that name came, come about just to briefly go over it? Well, yeah. so when I was 42, I got diagnosed. Uh, and mm-hmm. I remember walking out, out of the psychologist's office to my car and I was thinking, huh, I'm not weird, just autistic. And it just stuck. And then I kind of kept that in the back kept it in the back of my mind for a while. I'm like, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> but then over the years, over the last 15 years since I've been diagnosed, I have realized that I am weird. It just has nothing to do with the autism. <laughs> Yeah, we're all weird in our own little strange way, I guess I guess you could say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. I'm just so making sure because I go ahead. And it so after I left the restaurants, I, I still had this passion and even though I was running the kitchen, I could you know work on specials and things the menu was pretty well set as it had been a diner for quite a while and so i had a chance when i got home to take some of these recipes that i've been cooking for years and try to tweak them and make them a little bit more of my own and mm. and that's when the fun really comes in is when you're doing this recipe development where you're trying different things and you're seeing, will this work? Will that not work? And it's just a lot of fun to find all these ingredients that you have and and think, how will they go together? 
So basically almost like a chemistry or an alchemy of food creation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But the way the whole sensory friendly part of the food came along is a lot of us on the spectrum and a lot of us that are not on the spectrum deal with sensory issues, visual sensory issues, mm -hmm. auditory sensory, sensory issues. And you cannot go to a normal food blog being bombarded by lots of ads, pop-up videos, and mm -hmm. just everything make it distracting and make you not want to be able to look at the site. Uh, I cannot go to yeah. a typical food blog for more than 15, 20 seconds before I kind of start having visual, visual problems. Yeah, and then they, yeah, pop up ads and then all this stuff about talking about the, the live. And I'm like, can I just get to the recipe already? That's why I'm interested in, you know? Yeah. You know what? I mean, there's so many food blogs. They, they put like an 800 word intro about the dish. I think you can do the same thing in a couple of hundred words. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, for example, I'm, I'm just finishing up an article for an Aloha burger, which is a burger with cheese and pineapple and stuff on it. And I talked about the first time I had the burger at this diner near the beach and how I loved it. And then I went home and started kind of, kind of trying to recreate it. And boom, here it is. Let's learn how to make it. Hmm. Okay, so, so you know, it's talk, very short to the point. You know, you give a little story, yeah. then get right into the recipe. Yeah. Okay. So, but I, I have set up the blog so that at right. the top of the page, there's a little button that you can click on that says "Jump to Recipe," and it will bypass oh, all that other stuff and take the recipe. Uh, so I, I'm really trying to make this as friendly for people hmm. as I can. Right. So now that we, since we talked about food sensitivities, um, what were some examples of the food sensitive sensitivities you had when growing up? And because I remember with well, me, I, 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 I remember with, and I remember I still hate grapes mainly because of the texture. Cause it just drove me nuts, even though I like yeah. grape juice. So as a, yeah. So what kind of things have you grown up with and how did you adapt? Well, okay. So for, so keeping in mind what you have, I, I think where broccoli in its tree-like form and cauliflower in its brain-like form, I don't like the texture. I, I cannot mm. eat it. But you grind it up and you make broccoli cheese soup or you cut up the broccoli mm. real fine the casserole cauliflower puree i got no problem with it it's not the flavors mm. it's the texture and mm. i think sounding like you know for what it sounds like for you for the grape juice it's the same thing the grapes yeah. are the texture but you don't mind the flavor yeah and how can you tell the difference between uh someone that's dealing with a food sensitivity as a or between that and someone that just doesn't want to try new food and is just being a picky eater, what's the difference that parents can take? Um, I, I look at my, my child when my parents tried to shove broccoli and cauliflower down my throat 
And mm. I mean, it didn't matter if they sat me there all night telling me you're not leaving the table until you're eating it. I could not physically get it down. Mm. I, I just couldn't do it. Someone who's a picky eater doesn't want to eat it. They will make excuses to try not to eat it, but they can eat it if they want to. They're just not going to have a good experience with it. Hmm. I know that's not um, the best explanation, but yeah, but it gives gives a way to you know pave the path to, towards that visual. So for a parent trying okay. to introduce, absolutely. Well, you know, and, and it, yeah. it's kind of the same thing as a meltdown as opposed to a tantrum. You know, yeah. you remove the trigger, and the meltdown goes away. Hmm. Now, you take away the broccoli or, or the lemons or the whatever you're having a problem with, and you're going to go right back to being calm and, and proud. I'm not so, sure if I so got the other thing, you know, as far as food sensitivities. Okay. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I'm. Well, it's just that you've been cutting in and out, so I am not, I'm not sure what's going on, but, you know, uh, I just want to make sure we capture every single, every single thing said, you know what I mean? I'm just not sure what, uh, I don't know if it's my end or, Absolutely. But, any, but anyway, continue, we'll do the best we can. You know, the other thing with sensitivities is textual. So, for example, I'm not a big fan of sour cream or mayonnaise. No. Just something about the texture just doesn't do it for me. But you can mm. find other things. For example, Greek yogurt. Mm. It's a little thicker. It's a little different texture. But you could use it in some cases in place of mayonnaise or in place of sour cream. Hmm. And then you're still able to eat whatever it is you're cooking. Well, that's one difference between you and I, because I like mayonnaise and um, sour cream. So, uh, well, it's, I don't know. It's just oh, different. No. And, and, and we all have our different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like, you know, Dr. Stephen Shore said, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. Yep. Okay. So um, we're all different. And I just keep pausing because it feels like every time I think I need to talk, it's really just a video <laughs> delaying. It's kind of, it's, well, we work through it. So um, anyway, for a parent trying to introduce new foods to an autistic child, um, what would be the right, right way to approach it? Because some, sometimes, uh, according to the National Library of Medicine, sometimes as few, some autistic children will only eat sometimes as few as only five, five foods only. So how can you really get them to be a little bit more open to trying new things instead of saying, no, I don't like this or that? Um, well, I, I will tell you that as a child, um, I, I was one less than that. I had four foods that I could eat. It was about three. But mm -hmm. I, I think if you're trying to get your kids to try different things and you think they may have a food food sensitivity, not, you, know, you find other things that they like 
and you try to create that food that's somewhat similar hmm. to what they really like. Um, for example, if you've got a kid that loves hamburgers, but you're trying to get him to try Italian sausage, maybe take the Italian sausage, take it out of the case, make it into a patty so it looks like a hamburger and let him mm. give it a shot. Maybe it'll work. Okay. Maybe it'll won't. Does it really hurt to try? Yeah, such as cauliflower, since I know um, like for those people on the keto diet, they instead of mashed potatoes, it's like mashed cauliflower. So maybe that could help with the texture problem. I, I absolutely and, and doing things like that at you know mashed cauliflower and the first time or two you do it maybe you add a little extra butter so it tastes mm. a little bit more like a potato mm. okay you know mm. but I, I think there's lots of great ways that we can get around food sense really really think of it I'm sorry. Could you could you repeat that? Because you were kind of cutting and out it, right there. Yeah, I think there. You know, if you use a little imagination, or if you mm -hmm. use Google, you know, you can you can find some ways and some recipes and some ideas that you know you can try different things and and find what kids would like. And I will say mm -hmm. this: if you're the parent of an autistic child and you're having food sensitivity problems or food problems, look at some different Facebook groups. You know, I, mm. I've always found when it comes to autism, if you connect with the people that are on the spectrum or the parents of the kids that are on the spectrum, you'll tend to get better advice and more realistic advice than you do if you go through doctors and, and, and medical professionals. Hmm. Okay. So These since we're talking about on a daily basis. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm just waiting for the pause. Cause I want to make sure I wasn't accidentally cutting you off for the billionth time during this. Cause cause of tech issues, you, but you're all good. My brother. Okay. So, and, and you know, uh, as soon as we get off this, I'm going to be going through my internet connection, making sure it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I haven't had this issue with anyone else yet. So I have no, so, so I don't know if it's just the uh, luck of the draw of today being a bad day since I live closer to the mountains and the Rocky Mountains while you're in the Midwest. So, or if it's just, yeah. just, your, just your area that's kind of iffy, but yeah. Uh, we have thunderstorms today, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, like a few days ago, there were thunderstorms here, so it probably came from there. Go figure. So anyway, um, of course, when we get into food, there's always the talk of you know the right diet for an autistic guy. I talked about this on the channel before with a few of the previous guests and how we tend to have uh, more bad bacteria than good bacteria in our gut gut in comparison to you know uh no we usually talk use the name neurotypicals although it's just 
other people who are not on yacht neurodiverse. So, uh, right. from your own ex from your own experience, are there perhaps certain types of food or diets that are much better fit fit for autistics, such as you know people who go for gluten free foods or like keto, like a mother of an autistic child that I used to know kind of went on the keto diet and had her, her autistic kid going as well because he also had Chiari with the problem with the issue with the brain and, and apparently that helped. So what, what kind of types of diet would you... Uh, I, I will say this. I am a chef. I, I know food. I, I know some of that stuff you're asking to a very small point. I strongly suggest you talk to a doctor or a nutritionist about what your body is going to need and what's going to help it function a little bit better because we're all different. Yeah. You know, what, what you need in your diet as an autistic person might be different than what I need in my diet. Hmm. Although same, I just eat differently and don't do it as well as I could. Yeah, I'm I'm still looking but at it. it, it I, I think whenever it yeah. comes to diet, whenever, I mean, whenever it comes to diet or anything like that, I, I definitely recommend you talk to a medical professional or somebody mm -hmm. nutritionist who can help you better than just a chef or somebody who knows food. Yeah, so safe. Same, like a reason for that could be because maybe if you go for a certain diet, you may be malnutrition, certain nutrients that you do need in the in the course of doing it. So, yeah, yeah, I could see that. All their joints tend to swell up a little bit more than others. And so maybe finding some kind of foods that will help reduce the swelling. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So... Um... And it's from all this, from you cook, cooking and noticing the issues with the advertising and the sensory overload that you go through is also the, is it the biggest reason you decide a, a, a food blog, My Autistic Kitchen, or what's, what else is part I, of the story I, I, that? I really did because, oh, you know, I, I love to go to food blogs, but like I said, I can't for more than a few seconds at a time. So I thought, what could I create that somebody like me or like all the other people that have these visual sensitivities could actually go and enjoy? So mm. it's called My Autistic Kitchen because I'm autistic, but it's not strictly about making food that's for autistic people. You know, it's making mm, okay. things that are simple. It's making it's making comfort food. It's making things that you can do. And I try to explain everything in just very simple terms. When I started mm. writing 20 years ago, the editor that I had said, write like people don't know what you're talking about. Mm, okay. And what they meant by that was don't use industry jargon talk to them at a basic level so you can explain things to them 
and and don't try to get all fancy with it. Hmm. Okay. And... So that's what I try to do is I, I try to talk to people down on a very, very a very base level you said because you were kind of cutting out again there so yeah no no at a very base level so somebody who doesn't Mm. know much about cooking can understand what we're talking about Mm. so besides uh, that one what are other some basic tips for say you would tell an autistic when they decide they want to start cooking for themselves what what are some basic tip tips for that or is it that, or is it not slowly. that different? Okay. No, no, it is. I mean, start slowly. Mm-hmm. We tend to get very flustered, frustrated. You know, if you don't go right. We get frustrated and, and upset a little bit. So I would say find something that you're comfortable with. Find something that you really like to start off with. And then, you know, once you get that down, then you can kind of start moving on to other things. Hmm. But okay, I, so. I would say don't too ambitious. Hmm. Don't mind me folks. I'm just waiting for, okay, he's back. <laughs> Cause he was, he cut out right, right at the end there, but I believe I get, get the gist of it. Um, so basically, just no, start off simple so what and I said small. Was, I mean, yeah, it, do stuff that you're comfortable with and that you know that you can do so that you don't get too frustrated and you don't get in that hole. You know, you, mm-hmm. you don't want to start off by making some kind of crazy, you know, lamb dish when you can just make burger or spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, don't even get me started on some of those uh, some of those vegan uh, food blogs that I went into when I was interested in it, and I said, "Oh, something that could be acting as a replacement for a hamburger." It's like, yeah, here's about a billion uh, ingredients to put in, put in a certain way. And it's like a little overwhelming and a bit cost prohibitive for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I can say for a fact, I have never been to a vegan food blog, nor do I ever <laughs> plan on going to one. Yeah, you're too, you're too uh, so, into you the know, whole barbecue scene to really quit, unless you want to try barbecue tofu, which, um, yeah. well, <laughs> well, I mean, it'll have flavor, but no, it's, got, I, I, it's quite I a different I texture. Okay. I, I don't so, do barbecue to, barbecue tofu. <laughs> <laughs> like barbecue vegetable I have just drenched in barbecue sauce. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but to me, that's not really a meat dish. I mean, it is, but a vegetable kebab goes beyond a vegan dish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a grilling staple. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I used to be in the barbecue, but then of course. Sorry, go ahead. You would just, I. Okay, okay, I'm waiting for the pause to go go away. It's like a patience game.
Okay, so go ahead. I, I'm so excited. In in two weeks, I'm doing judging at a KCBS barbecue tournament here in Missouri, and mm. I am so excited about that. So, how did you get introduced to that, and what got you in the barbecue competition? This competitions in the first place. What was it that sparked your interest? Well, okay, okay, I don't do barbecue competitions as a competitor. Oh, okay because I don't have thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars for the rigs and stuff that they need <laughs> to cook. So I, I go, I kind of learn what I can from them and then I judge their food. Hmm. But you know, it, it, I love to barbecue. I thought, you know what, this would be a really good opportunity to try to taste some real barbecue and then maybe, make notes of some of the flavor, flavor profiles and take them home and, and work on them myself. Hmm. So how would you, uh, okay. Hold on. The question just kind of disappeared on me. Hold on. Um... All good. Yeah. I'm just, what was it? I don't know. When you started going to barbecue, did you end up noticing like any kind of difference with your own, you know, the sensitivities with taste and texture in comparison to maybe like some other person? How how did that work work out? Yeah, textures. I kind of I, I got to watch out for making sure that I don't get things overcooked or that I get things trimmed the right way. Because they can be a, a little tough and a little, little hard to chew. Yeah. But as I as I've improved, I've gotten better at that. Okay, just making sure that there isn't anything more to be said. Because for some reason, I keep that's kind of the issue with me. I keep thinking, okay, this is my turn to interject, and then they they go on and I always end up appearing rude. So it's, it's a little bit. You know what? I will keep it short so that you can get in there. Well, at the same time, I want to let you be able to talk your heart out on this. Cause this is a good time. This is a topic that you seem to really love of food. And I know what it's like with, me well, getting into any kind of subject, I just keep rambling on and on and on, and you know, you know. Well, you, you got to remember, food is something that we all need. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it depends on how we cook it, how we do it, and how we consume it. But food is something that's universal to everybody around the world. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm just making sure because you're kind of freeze frame there. Am I okay? Yep, you're fine. I, I okay. I can hear <laughs> okay, you. Okay. Okay. I, I, I know it's moving. So. I don't even notice <laughs> So you haven't noticed any kind of lagging on your end, right? Uh-uh. Hmm. That's weird because I'm noticing it from your camera, but... Not as much for the voice, 
well, as for my own, I could see myself running fines. I, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, one of those technical difficulties, whatever. So, you know, with everything you're going with the food blog, is there an eventual cookbook that you plan on making in, in the near future, possibly? Hey, you know what? Chris, hang on one sec. I'm going to stop my mic and mm -hmm. cam and then start it again and see if that makes any difference. Okay. So while he does that, um, you know, if you decide that you want to learn more about this, me and this podcast, uh, of course, ChristopherCasting.com and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, CD Casting Creates and and of course, we also have a Patreon. So I'm just, so, okay, that's gone up and I just need to keep on talking. So, <laughs> so yeah, food sensitivities. Um, yeah, I remember growing up as a, oh, I remember growing up as a kid with, you know, I really wouldn't. I, such as, for instances, I refuse to eat hamburgers that are beyond like mustard and ketchup and refuse anything like cheese, onions, or pickles or any of that because I couldn't stand it. But, you know, eventually I did get over that phase and I, I loved them until, you know, I essentially went vegetarian. So, but yeah. I, I was the same way with hamburgers until I was probably 13 or 14. Hmm. It was just it was two or three things on them, and, and that was it. I, th I think I was around the same age when I changed, too. I wonder if that's almost universal with all autistic kids eventually get out of those simple two or three things at the age of 14 and actually try a bit more. Well, you know, and, and I don't know about what it was for you, but for me, I think it may have been a little bit of peer pressure because – you don't want to go out with your friends to get something to eat and then go, okay, I want this and this and this and this and this off of my hamburger. <laughs> well, for me, I was very reclusive in staying in my room, so I kind of didn't have that prob problem. So, um... Okay. Hmm. okay. It's all good, though. Okay. Yeah, all good. So It's all good. Okay, well, back to my original question so, before you had Christopher, to... Christopher, I know we're here to talk about okay. me. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. I want to hear what you, what you want to say there. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, I mean, do you have any projects? I, I'm very interested in you. Do you have any projects going mm -hmm. on or anything that is awesome in your life? Um, just learning my way from actually moving out on my own and this is approaching year two. So right now I'm just opening, opening up my own Etsy store to sell a little bit of my photography in the form of mugs with a little bit of inspirational quotes and sometimes even some funny quotes and as well as awesome. you know, this podcast. And I'm still trying to find that one version of a book I was writing. I can't seem to find the file anywhere. Where, but if not, then I'll figure something out because I eventually want to be an author, publish my own books, and eventually have my own bestsellers. And yeah, you know, I got I got a lot, but a lot of stuff on my head. But it's more of a matter of taking the small steps 
of progression towards there. Kind of like I took small steps of progression from being reclusive to getting out like this or progression from just eating a hamburger with almost nothing on it to eating hamburgers that have almost everything and then suddenly going 360 and going vegetarian. Uh, but yeah, it's just the small steps. Well, you know, can, can I say something to the audience here? Uh, sure. So I, I really want this web food blog to be about all of you. So hmm. Facebook, it's My Autistic Kitchen. Instagram, it's My Autistic Kitchen. Guys, if there's stuff that you want to see, food sensitivities that you have that you need some advice on or recipes that you want to see, hit me up and let me know so that I can do the kind of content that... Uh, you kind of pause there with, as you said, the kind of content, and then you suddenly got frozen there. Uh, I, I, I just said that, you know, what I want to create is not just content for me. I want to mm -hmm. create content for you that you're going to that you're going to enjoy, that you're going to read, that you're going to share with your friends. Mm. Feel free to use those two platforms and share ideas with me so that I can keep track of them and then eventually work on them. And that leads to the other question with once, as soon as this gets off, uh, have you ever considered the possibility of developing a cookbook in the near future of for people with food sensitivities? The Every time I add a recipe to the food blog, I add it to the cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> so there so is a cookbook I'm hoping in the, the cookbook will come around. The I'm hoping the cookbook will come around in time for Christmas, but maybe not, hmm. you know. Well, there's cares. also, well, I'd say there's also the option of self-publishing. I already know, I already know of one site I've been looking at, so. I could, we could do that in the background. So anyway, I just wanted to thank you for yeah, it, 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 before. Uh, could you could you repeat that? You were cutting out a bit. I said I, I've self-published a book before, so I kind of have an idea what that's about. Hmm. Okay. So. Um, what would be your final advice to parents of autistic kids that are just uh, trying their best to be able to make sure that a kid eats healthy but are dealing with the food sensitivities? And what, what would your advice be for, you know, for autistics that are kind of looking to explore a bit in this type of area? Well, for the autistic one to explore, I would say start slow. Don't okay. just go to something that's crazy. I mean, start with something that, you know, is closer to what you know you like and and kind of work from there. 
And for parents of autistic kids, one thing I found is if you get them involved in the cooking process, then they are more invested to try it and to want to, you know, be proud of it and to, and to want to really shine. So whether that means giving them a little bowl of ground beef and have them roll meatballs, you know, mm. or scoop peanut butter, you know, for some dessert or just something just to get them involved in a way that does not involve a sharp knife. We don't want yep. little kids using sharp knives. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But get them involved and talk to them and find out what like and know this with so much. Uh, hold on, hold, hold on. Why? Yeah. Sorry, could you, uh, you were breaking out quite badly there. Could you re repeat that? You, you went to scoop peanut butter and then it kind of really started breaking up a bit. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean get, them to, get them to roll meatballs, peanut butter, things that do not use a sharp knife because we yeah. do not want to give kids sharp knives. <laughs> but, you know, get them involved and get them helping and let them take ownership. And I think a lot of times when people are involved in creating something, they take more of a sense of ownership and they're like, oh, yeah, that's not too bad. Okay. Have them be fun in the process, almost like family time together, so to speak, instead of you know, video Absolutely. game time for them while they while they go cook. Have them involved in the process. Make it a fun family activity. Absolutely. I mean, daughter's not autistic. Not autistic, but when she was younger, you know, she held carrots and, and do just little things like that. But it made her feel like she was part of that dinner. Hmm. Okay. So um, could you repeat again of how people can be able to look up my autistic kitchen and be able to, you know, contact you with, you know, maybe some sort of food sensitivity they're trying to solve that maybe you could create a recipe for Absolutely. Absolutely. It's myautistickitchen.com. And as you can tell, out there just autistic. I, I tend to choose URLs that are really long and, and include the word autistic, which, you know, sometimes can be kind of hard to type. So it is my autistic kitchen. Uh, feel free to hit it up, check it out, um, subscribe so you can get new recipes and stories and tips but also use the contact page to hit me up and, and, and talk to me because you know what? I, I, I'm one of you. I'm on the mm -hmm. spectrum. I, I, I get you and I get what your family go and I'm here to help you. Okay. So thank you again for those who are watching this live or listening on the replay or listening to it in the podcast version that will be at least later. And I want to thank you again, J.R. Reed, for taking some time to be with me to discuss about food sensitivities. And until next time, and my brain just freezed, of course, at that point. So, no, take care, everyone.